Hi, everyone. It's Judy Cohen, and this is Wake Up Call 367. <clears throat> Pardon me. I know I said last week we were moving on to the Paramita of Patience today, but I was reading something about ethical conduct that I really liked, and I wanted to take one more Wake Up Call just to share it and see if it's useful. <clears throat> Pardon me. So one of the key precepts, and we've talked about this, the key precept maybe for lawyers is, is wise speech. And uh, wise speech is also a step on the Eightfold Path, which is the path to freedom and liberation. And uh, maybe the step that affects others the most directly. And uh, of course, wise speech is one of the elements of sila paramita or ethical conduct. <clears throat> and itself has a few elements. Wise speech has a few elements. It's true which already is kind of a challenge for lawyers because how do you say what's true in a settlement negotiation? Anyway, so it's true, it's helpful. <clears throat> Pardon me, rather than being manipulative or mean or anything but helpful. And there are so many examples in our profession of folks who say and do a lot of things that are unhelpful. It's interconnected. It acknowledges we're all in this together, which is something it's easy to forget when the adversary system points us in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> and it's necessary. And I don't know about you, but thinking about why speech as only saying what's necessary for me, it eliminates about half of what I say. <laughs> and then the last thing is it's kind. And kindness, it's, it's interesting. Kindness is where I get the most pushback from lawyers whenever I'm talking about this. You know, there's this big question that arises. Can I be a passionate advocate and still speak kindly? You know, won't I get run over by the proverbial Mack truck? And it's a reasonable question. And that's the reason I wanted to stay with Sila Paramita or the Paramita of Ethics for one more wake up call. So in one way, I think it's a reasonable fear or not an unreasonable fear that if I use kind speech, and here's the, if you're on the screen, you'll see this is a picture of, oops, it went the other way. Let's go back. Oops, it's not wanting to go back. There we go. This is a picture of Dogen, who was the founder of Zen. So in one way, and we talked about him, it's a reasonable fear or not an unreasonable fear, that double negative that is so often part of the mindfulness texts, that if I use kind speech, meaning I speak to everyone kindly, someone will take advantage of me. And, you know, that somebody might be the other side, but considering how cutthroat things can be in the law, it can also be my associate, my staff member, my partner. So I think clients worry a lot about this too. They want an aggressive lawyer, you know, to them. That often looks like someone who isn't particularly kind, but rather uses a lot of zingers and gotchas in a negotiation or even in the courtroom. And then just to name my own experience as a woman, there's a kind of double jeopardy. So not only might all of those things be true, but I might also be perceived as incapable because kindness looks or sounds too feminine to stand up to the, the big boys. And I've got air quotes around that. And if I'm queer or non-binary, I'm guessing it's the same issue. Other lawyers, judges might mistake kindness for weakness. 
And on the other hand, which is the double jeopardy of it, if I'm a woman at least and I'm tough, right? There are all sorts of names I might be called, <laughs> all sorts of names I actually have been called that point to aggression as unappealing or even unacceptable in a woman. And I don't know whether that's also true for folks in the queer community. So the world is a complicated place. And yet, with the paramitas, remember, we're, we're talking about the bodhisattva ideal. And this ideal is one of limitless, boundless generosity, morality, patience, love, and so forth in service of others. And it is an ideal. Maybe none of us will ever live up to it. I know I won't live up to limitless, perfect uh, qualities like that, but it's still an ideal worth dedicating our lives to. And in a way, as lawyers, we've already done that. We've already dedicated ourselves to serving others. We made that decision when we sent in our acceptance letter or took out our student loan or sat in all those classes or took the bar or whatever milestone mode signified for each of us, the, the taking on of the mantle of the law got sworn in, whatever moment that was. And we can't go back. We can retire. We can quit the practice. But we're always <laughs> what my other tribe, the tribe of the Jews, calls LOTs. We're members of the tribe, the tribe of the law. And as members of that tribe, we are already bodhisattvas. We are already dedicated to serving others. The only real question, I think, <clears throat> is what will that service look like? Will it be offered with an open heart, with love, with selflessness, with patience? That's what's up next on the wake up call with compassion, with kindness? Or will it be offered in a kind of frenzy of breathlessness and overwhelm and anxiety and exhaustion and frustration and anger and all the things that I know I've seen in the law and I've acted in the law? So the thing is, if we choose the bodhisattva path, or if the bodhisattva path has choose, chosen us, right? Then that service looks like love. And our communication looks like kindness. Not sometimes, but always, every time, every word. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying I know how to do this. And that's what Norman is talking about in the world could be otherwise when he says we have to imagine ourselves on the other shore. Practicing the paramitas is about crossing over, <clears throat> crossing over to the other shore from the shore of greed, hatred, delusion, depression, overwhelm, all of these things to compassion and love. And Tikdad Han says we make that crossing with every breath. This isn't some big project we undertake. This is a big project we undertake <laughs> to, to do it with every breath, to make that crossing with every breath. And 
And Norman says that in order to make the crossing, we have to be able to imagine ourselves on the other shore. And part of that is speaking kindly to everyone. And this is where I got so inspired that I wanted to stay with this for one more wake-up call. In his book, Norman quotes Dogen, who's the founder of the Soto Zen tradition, where Norman is a priest and where many folks practice, millions of people practice in that tradition. And here he is. Um, he was born in, I think, 1200. And then his teachings were lost for many centuries and then were rediscovered, if you will, in something like 1920. And what he said is that kind speech is everything. And he said, you should speak to sentient beings as you would to a baby. And he didn't mean, you know, in a condescending way. He meant the way that you would speak to your very own baby on the day that they were born. And he goes further, he says, and this is from Norman, offer kind speech, especially to those without virtue. And he's, he's, he's got that in italic. Offer kind speech, especially to those without virtue. We think of people without virtue don't, we think that people without virtue don't deserve our kind words. We should condemn or criticize them or at least relate to them neutrally. Why speak kindly to a nasty and unappealing person? Who does that? But Dogen says the opposite. If you offer kind speech to such a person, you will be amazed at its power. Virtue will grow where you thought there was none. Do not ever give up on kind speech. Trust it. World after world, lifetime after lifetime. Kind speech has the power to turn the destiny of a nation. So I will leave you with that as the final, not final, <laughs> but punctuation mark in our exploration of the parameter of ethics. And let's see. Taking a moment to ground, <clears throat> grounding your practice, feel the sit bones in the chair or the feet on the floor or the body, lying in the couch or the bed. And beneath that, the earth somewhere, inches down, stories down, connect with the earth.
you know, cooking yourself. Check in, tap in. Put your hand on your heart. How am I right now? Speaking kindly to yourself right now. Maybe as if you were a baby. How are you, my dear? And connecting to everyone here. Maybe the folks in your physical environment. The folks on your mind. And Doing that with kindness. And then attending to the breath or to the sound in your environment just as a, an anchor or refuge. Inviting the attention to rest there.
And when it does that inevitable thing of wandering, when the mind wanders and you notice and you come back, be that with kindness. Dogen says, do not ever give up on kindness. Trust it. World after world, lifetime after lifetime. Thanks everyone for being at the wake up call today. Have a great rest of your Thursday. It's still Thursday wherever you are. And have a good weekend. Be safe. I'll see you next week.